if you want to avoid all the sickness this winter, the snotty noses, the coughs, the colds, the sleepless nights, the fevers, the Panadol and the antibiotics, the ear infections, the grumpy, tired kids, the days off work and school and childcare, are all those memories of last winter coming back? I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way this winter. I have a free online masterclass, three simple ways to boost your kids' immunity to avoid a winter full of sickness. It's on demand, meaning you can register and watch it straight away or watch it at a time that is convenient for you. Head on over to naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune and you will be able to sign up. In the masterclass, I am covering our natural, simple and effective approach to avoiding winter infections, how to boost your family's immunity with our proven three-step naturopathic strategy that is really easy for you to implement as a busy mum. We're going to talk about the immune depleters that you need to avoid so you're not wasting time and money building up your kids' immunity that is just being depleted by these common foods and environmental factors. I am sharing heaps of practical tips. I promise it will be an hour well spent. You can register again at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune. I can't wait to hear how you find it and to give you the tips to make this winter healthier. Welcome to the Natural Super Kids podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. In today's podcast episode, I'm excited to bring you a conversation that I had with my friend, Dr. Hilary Claire Rossell. Now, Dr. Hilary has been on the podcast before. In episode 50, she talked to us about holistic brain care for kids. This episode, we are switching gears and talking about her new book called The Motherhood Reset. So, Hilary is a holistic clinical psychologist, and I just love her holistic approach when it comes to psychology. And this conversation and her new book is all about her 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 approach to finding calm, confidence, and contentment in motherhood. So we have a chat about some of the reasons that being a mum is so challenging in today's modern world the key things that she recommends we let go of to find more calm, confidence and contentment in motherhood. And she shares her practical tips, her five-step approach um, to being a better mum, having a a better relationship with ourselves and our kids and, you know, coming back to finding more calm, confidence and contentment in motherhood. I really hope you enjoy this episode with Hilary. 
So welcome back to the podcast, Hilary. It's so good to have you back. Thank you. It's great to be back. This is really exciting to be here again. I love talking to you. And I, and your your accent is just so lovely to listen to as well. <laughs> um, so for those people who maybe didn't hear the first episode um, on the Natural Super Kids podcast, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and specifically um, tell us about your new book, The Motherhood Reset, and how it came about. Sure. So I am a clinical psychologist and I have training specialization in environmental and nutritional medicine as well that I integrate into my work. And I work predominantly with mothers, helping them to overcome the challenges that come up in motherhood, particularly burnout, overwhelm, things like that, parenting struggles, things like that, as well as helping um, as mothers to support their kids to have optimal brain development and help them to have less tantrums, less emotional outbursts, and less challenging behavior. So that's what I do with my work. And yes, I recently released a book, The Motherhood Reset. And this is helping those mothers because I realize with my one-on-one work, it's really useful to work with people one-on-one, but you can't reach as big an audience. So I thought I would write a book that would help more people if they read it. And um, it is all about helping mothers to move from just surviving in motherhood of just getting by and to move into more enjoying motherhood and enjoying themselves and their own lives as well, not just as a mother, but holistically. So we look at that clarity around like why are they struggling? Why is it so common these days that mothers are having such a hard time? And then how can we start to create a life that is going to support them to thrive? Mm, such a great topic and such a needed topic in our kind of busy modern world. And I love that you've got the you know, the the psychology knowledge, but you're very holistic. Um, So you bring in nutrition and and all kinds of things um, into your practice and into your book as well. So the last chat we had was more about kids and brain health and and behavior. So really excited to talk to to you today about the other side of of what you do, which is kind of supporting mothers Um, and just so inspired that you have, you know, written a book and released it. I think that's such a huge project. So congratulations. Um, Let's start with some of like, I just want to kind of clarify for people listening what do you think are, you know, some of those main factors that make motherhood so challenging today? Well, there's a lot of them and I like to break them up into three different categories. The first one being more like the physical and nutritional issues and there's practical and societal. So the if we start with say the societal ones, these are those expectations and stereotypes that are really not helpful. And there's that uh, super mom stereotype that is totally unattainable yet is so valued in our society. And there's so many mothers trying to attain this status of super mom and it's just impossible. And it really can uh, be really hard on mothers because they're trying to do all the things for everybody while smiling and being a good parent, being a good wife or partner, 
having a job and being really successful at that while being a lovely parent. And it's just unsustainable. And so that's one thing that I think really isn't helpful. And then even the beliefs of that mothers should be selfless. That's not very helpful either, because if we keep giving and giving and giving, eventually we have nothing left. And then who is that benefiting? It's not benefiting us, our kids, the world, anybody. We end up being resentful and exhausted and depleted. And then even the stereotype of the tired or exhausted mom, that that's just your mom now. So you're just going to be tired. So I think that can keep moms stuck too, because they think this is just the way it is. And I don't think that's helpful. So those are more like the societal reasons, but then, you know, practical reasons are often we don't have a village. We don't have enough support around us. We may not even recognize that we need it initially. And then we're kind of in the thick of it. And it's hard to build that village when you really, really need it. And um, even where getting we're older often when we're having kids now like not everybody but there's this general trend with age so we may not even have our parents there to help us because they're aging as well that's a real practical issue um even like with mothering now it's the responsibility is so much on the mother like that's partly because we don't have a village anymore but all the responsibilities seem to fall on mom and there's less between the partners or less responsibility given to other people in the community or in the family. So that's really hard. And then with the physical and nutritional reasons that modern day mothers are struggling so much, like one is we're just not getting enough nutrition. We're eating all these calories, but we're not getting the real nutrition that we need. And so a lot of moms go into motherhood already depleted or at least low in a lot of different vitamins and like fatty acids and minerals. And then through being pregnant, giving birth, breastfeeding, subsequent pregnancies, they just get more and more depleted, which leads to more exhaustion. And it just makes it a lot harder for them. And even if we are eating really good food or taking the right supplements, often we're not absorbing it. So it might be because of certain medications that we're on or our microbiome and our gut isn't in optimal condition, which unfortunately, as you would know, like it's quite nor- common now that um, for kids and, and everybody, parents, mothers to have issues with that. So all those things can lead us to be more and more depleted, more and more exhausted. And yeah, it can make it really, really hard. So there's other issues too, but those are just some of them. Yeah. And I love how you've broken it down into those three areas. And when you look at those, you know, cumulatively, it's no wonder we're we're exhausted. And when you were first talking uh, with that quote, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but we expect mothers to work, work like they're not mothers and but parent like they don't work or something like that. Like, yeah, I, I I did share it once on Instagram and like it really resonates with people because it's so, so true um, that we've got these really high expectations, um, you know, the busyness of everyday life um, and then, you know, add on those nutritional and physical kind of depletion. It's no wonder we're, you know, struggling as mums. 
So what are some of the things, first of all, you know, that maybe would be helpful for us to let go of to thrive as mothers? I always like to take this approach of, you know, it's not just building up. So when we're talking about things like gut health, you know, we want to build up gut health, but what do we need to get rid of first so that, um, you know, so that we can really get the most out of that process? And I think the same goes here with, um, you know, motherhood. What are some of those things that we could, should think about letting go of to thrive as mums? I think letting go of all the expectations that we have on ourselves, on our kids, on our partners is really helpful to let go of and recognizing. Um, like in the moment, if you ever notice yourself saying, I should be doing this, or he should know I need this help, whenever should comes up, that's an expectation there. And they're generally unhelpful. And by letting go of them, it doesn't mean that we're just not going to do anything, or we're just going to let our partners treat us inappropriately or anything. It's just letting go of that expectation that they're going to do what you want them to or that you can do everything that you want yourself to do and then you can i like to swap expectation for appreciation so when you have an expectation of somebody notice it in that moment or if it's of yourself you notice it okay there's an expectation i just noticed myself saying i should be able to do this and then can you take a moment and say and i also appreciate how much I've already done today. Or I also appreciate what my partner has done for me, depending on you know what the situation is. And I find that, yes, that adding that and that. there can be really helpful. So letting go is a process. You're not just going to do that once, but if you can become aware of when you are saying should and those expectations are coming up, you're already starting to let go because then you can intentionally say, okay, I don't have to let that expectation drive my choices and my behavior. And I can take this moment to appreciate myself or my partner or my child right now. Yeah, I think that's great. And I was just thinking that could really, res- that could really translate to, you know, those expectations we might have on our, on our kids. That's really relevant for me at the moment as like for my 14 year old, you know, I just get so frustrated sometimes that he's, you know, not doing the things that he should be doing or whatever. But yeah, like just that mindset shift of um, swapping the expectation for appreciation and communicating that with our partners and our kids and ourselves as well. So powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed I started doing it with my first son when he was not napping and as much as I wanted him to. And, you know, there was just, you just start trying to force something and you get so frustrated when they're not meeting that expectation. So. So it's really going, you know, just going with the flow a bit more as well. Like that's a, that's a great example, the napping, like, you know, it just is what it is. They've, they've reached that next developmental stage or whatever. Um, But rather than letting that frustration and resentment build up because of all the things we, you know, we used to be able to get done in nap time, um, you know, how can we swap that for for appreciation? So that's such a that's such a great one. I'm gonna be definitely utilizing that. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> yeah, notice when you go around your day just shooting, right? Saying, should I should this, should that? And then you're like, okay, right. Gotta check in. Yes. Here. And it, it's really, oh, it's really hard to 
Like I know that the whole should thing, but even the way that I asked that question, like what are some of the things that we should let go of as mums? You know, like it's, it's really hard to kind of get that out of our vocabulary. So just being aware of it. Um, I think is is really powerful and um, a, a practice, an ongoing practice. Um, so what about, you know, I mean, your, your book's called Motherhood, The Motherhood Reset. So can you share some of your top tips, maybe your three top tips or three top areas that mums can start focusing on um, to, you know, to, to make this sort of reset? So this book is all about getting that clarity about what we're struggling with and what we want our life to look like and how we can set ourselves up to thrive. So I think becoming aware of what are the real struggles for you in your motherhood. So looking at the societal, the practical, and those physical and nutritional barriers and saying, well, which ones are really impacting my mothering and my life and then problem solving around well what can I do to address that for myself because yes you might just say yeah I can relate to all those but there will likely be some that are more impactful than others and then once you do that start yeah problem solving and trying to figure out what you can do to remediate that maybe that is building a village around you, or maybe that is going to the doctor and getting blood work done to see what nutrients you're lacking. So that can look quite different for for different people. And then from there, looking at, okay, well, how do I want my life to look? Who do I want to be? And what is most important to me? So what are my priorities? And getting clear on those questions. So what do I want my life to look? How does a life look in which I'm thriving. So if you look into the future, if it's a year's time, a few years time and think what would that version of me who's vibrant and thriving, what does her day look like? What does her life look like? What does she have in place that helps her to thrive? Is it having various supports in place? Is it going to work at an office rather than work at home? Is it whatever it is for you and getting clear on that and then the next part is that who do I want to be? So connecting with your values and what kind of mom you want to be, what kind of partner you want to be, how do you want to treat yourself? So to get clear on values, I find it really helpful to ask some questions around if I heard my kids talking, how would I like them to describe me? Or if I heard my partner, my friends talking about me, how do I want them to describe me? So it, and it can be helpful to like look up a list of values just to get a sense of what they are, but you know, different examples are kind, um, brave, fun, playful, appreciative, like gr- grateful. It can go on and on and on. And then writing a list down to answer those questions and then coming up with a list of say three to five that you're like, these ones are really important to me. This is how I want to show up every day. That's what that thriving version of me is like. And then checking in with that daily can be really helpful to help you start making choices that are aligned with that. And then also getting clear on what your priorities are and getting clear on what is most important to you would be the next step there. And 
when we think about what's important to us, you know, we often say like our partnerships, our kids, our work, but we forget ourselves. So especially as mothers, right? So I think it's really important that we actually put ourselves first on that list so we can prioritize our kids and we can prioritize our work and our partners and our community and all those things. So looking at what your priorities are, writing those down and thinking about how can you ensure that you do prioritize those in your day. Like what is one thing that you can do that shows today? Yes, I did prioritize myself or I did prioritize my relationship with my kids. And maybe it's going for a 10 minute walk by yourself, or maybe it's taking a couple of breaths before having that hard conversation with your partner, or maybe it's sending your partner a text message and just saying, Hey, how are you? I love you. Right? It can be really little things. It doesn't have to be big things that take up your t- all your time because we are busy, right? And then, yeah, just being really clear on those things. Like, what do I want my life to look like? Who do I want to be? And what's most important to me? And then checking in with those daily and letting those guide your decisions and the actions that you take. So over time, you actually start creating a life that does support you to thrive and helps you to get unstuck from being in that position of being exhausted and depleted. Yeah, this is so powerful because I think so many of us like live our lives on autopilot. We are just so busy in the day to day and doing all the things for all the people, keeping everything, you know, going, as you said, you know, being the the good wife and the good mom and the good business owner or the good worker, employee, whatever it is, the the volunteer at school, um, that we don't take the time to think about, you know, what it is we want, what our priorities are, what our values are. And if we don't know these things, then, you know, we sort of sit in that, that, that sort of struggle town really. Um, and so, so taking that step back and really spending some time, um, on this is, is so important. I remember doing a values, exercise like this before maybe it was from thinking it was from that book the seven habits of highly effective people this was years ago but um he recommended that you like you imagine that you're at your funeral a bit grim (laughs) have you heard this before and like what what would you want people to be saying about you and your life like I think the the way that you have kind of explained how to do it um is a bit nicer because it's not very nice imagining yourself at your own at your own funeral but think yeah what would you want your kids to say about you what would you want your partners to say about you and is that true right now for kind of how you're you're living and being um i love this and then obviously you know it, this is something that probably a lot of people won't make the time to do themselves so getting the support um from someone like you uh, it would be really helpful as well. So is this the sort of thing that you can work um, one-on-one with people to to work through this kind of process with mums? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's a, it's a big part of the work that I do. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's really good to know. Um, so it's kind of j- just to, just to, I guess, reiterate what you've said, it's the being aware of the particular struggles that you are sort of most impacted by, whether they be those 
um, you know, societal pressures, you know, more of that practical support or, you know, the nutritional sort of physical. So really looking at what it is that's, um, that's impacting you and addressing that and then looking at how you really want your ideal life to look like. And I love these kind of exercises where you just sit with a journal and write out that perfect day. Like, yeah, what would that exactly look like? What would you do when you first woke up, um, you know, all through the day, like um, sort of really nutting out that perfect day? And then who do I want to be getting clear on your values? Um, and what do you want to prioritize and how can you do that? And then checking in with that daily. So not just kind of doing a whole heap of, of journaling or work on this and then putting it to the side and getting on with your busy, busy life. So how, like, is there a particular way that you would recommend people do check in with this every, every day? Like what, what would you recommend? I recommend making it a habit and having reminders. So for myself, sometimes most mornings I will check in with my values just before I get out of bed or if I am out of bed already before the kids are awake and I do like a little meditation, I'll just do it then. But either way, like I can just do it in bed when they're jumping around me, right? Because it just takes a moment. And if you do it daily, you can connect with your values pretty quick and it just sets you up to, to act more in line with them when you start it in the morning. But I do have clients who make um, a reminder in their phone and it pops up at some random time in the day just to check in with that or to do something nice for their partner to show that they're prioritizing their partner. So sometimes people want these things to be just, oh, I'll just do them and it'll be natural. But I think we are busy. It, it's better if we create those habits and if we have those reminders built in, we actually do that work and we benefit from it. So uh, yeah, I find if you can attach it to something you're already doing or have a reminder, maybe it's on your car, it's on your steering wheel, you have a little like post-it note. So when you get in, that's when you do that check-in. Whatever works for you, but finding something where you can do it at least once a day is really important. Yeah. And, you know, technology can be really helpful in this way, like setting the alarm, you know, even popping a, a screenshot of your values written down on your home screen, on your phone or on your fridge or on the back of the toilet door, just so they're kind of in your face and you're reminded of them. Because I think so often we kind of, you know, we drift away from our values, don't we, in the way that we're kind of living. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really great practical tip. Yeah. We're really Thank focused you. on like our to-do list and our goals, but we often forget to check in with our why behind that. And those are our values and our priorities and those things. Yeah. And that is much more important work than getting to the end of that to-do list every day, which never happens anyway. <laughs> We've got to get comfortable with not getting to the end of that to-do list. <laughs> Um, so thank you so much. I think that that has been a really great conversation for, for mums. And I'm always talking about, obviously, you know, we're, we're, our main focus is kids' health, but mums cannot give from an empty cup. So, you know, lots of our listeners have kids that do have health issues, health challenges. Um, and so it's even more important for those mums to be looking after themselves because that requires, you know, more of an output of energy um, in terms of, of caring for their kids. But if you're not looking after yourself, you know, then that you're not going to be able to give as freely to the people around you, including your kids. So 
thanks so much for for reminding us of these um, and and teaching us about these really important things. Can you tell us a little bit more about where we can find your book and get our hands on a copy? Yes, you can get it through my website, which is just Dr. Hillary Clare, and then it's on all the online bookstores like Booktopia, Amazon. It's in a few bookstores at the moment, but not anywhere across Australia, just like a few locally at this point. Yeah. Okay. And so the best place is probably to go to your website, which we'll make sure we pop a link to in the show notes. Um, And so then people can have a look at, you know, what you do and um, the services you offer as well. Thanks so much for joining me again on the podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode, as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week. Before you go, don't forget about my free online on-demand masterclass, Three Simple Ways to Naturally Boost Your Kid's Immunity to Avoid a Winter Full of Sickness. I'm sharing my practical tips on ways that you can strengthen your whole family's immune system to avoid the onslaught of winter infections so your family can stay healthy and well this winter. You can sign up at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune.